Here we are live on YouTube, ready to answer your fantasy basketball questions. Of course, I'm talking about me and Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh... Well, I can't even remember why I'm no name. My name is Josh Lloyd, and deep down, I am a Starbucks girl at heart. And I'm also the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter, as always, at redrock underscore b-ball, on TikTok, at redrock underscore b-ball, and on Instagram, at lockedonfantasybasketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Price Picks, the easiest and the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to pricepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code, all lowercase, LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free. We are available on all platforms. All right, let's get into it because you know my uh, my morning was somehow delayed. I don't know. I got in here ready to go minutes ago. Didn't even get a chance to talk to my guests and say good morning to him before I hit it the button because I've screwed up some of the settings. Kingy, welcome welcome back. Thanks, mate, uh, and good morning. It is uh, good morning. I got my coffee here, barely even drunk it. I don't, I don't know what happened. I was sitting here doing stuff, and then, uh, you know, it was someone was talking about Nyeka Kongwu, right, and I got, like, bogged down into stats of how many shots he contests and how many contests he turning into blocks, and I'm posting graphs. I looked at the time, and, oh, shit, we're going live in three minutes, so I better get that cracking. So here we are, um, ready to go, and this is... Uh, I thought this would be a question, so I dropped him as the thumbnail cover bloke, and his name is Asar Thompson, so let's throw it up here. Flyder Fuetespina says, do I drop Asar? And there's probably 30 questions like that already. What do we think about Asar Thompson at the moment? Well, it's frustrating because I, well, you know, I have him in, uh, I have him in industry pickup, mm. um, and I have him in other leagues, and he was great, and now he's not playing uh, Detroit, man, that's a whole other question. What are Detroit doing? But, uh, yeah, look, I'm trying not to drop him. I I think he turn, like he, he'll get back and, to playing 30 minutes at, at some point. I don't know when, but I don't I don't know. Like, I'd be okay, I think, dropping him if, if you need to. Uh, I'm probably more stubborn than, than some people, and, and I know what he has done and what he can do. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm... I'm not sure. This is probably one I'm honestly not too sure. Like, uh, I could go either way on it. I honestly, I'm not. I'm not sure it matters to be honest. Like, as a general rule, the fantasy analyst community is going to be a little bit more patient and stubborn on holding on to guys and understanding that they're going to be ebbs and flows. Like, honestly, like I'm. I'm telling you now, Jaden Ivey is going to start the next game. I'm really certain of it. Like, he's been back and forth. That rotation's all over the shop, and things are looking pretty rough for Asar. But you know, if you're going to look at the good where he's running top 40 for five games or six games or whatever, there's going to be these ups and downs. It's going to depend a lot on your context. How, how good is your team? Like, is he your worst player, but you're still top two? Then just hold him. Who cares? Yeah. Right? If you've got, if you're waiting on Scoot and Asar and Keontae George to turn it around, then you can't do it. Like, you just, you, you will be flailing and you are in strife. If you're in a league where it's a weekly lock league and you've got a bench where you can just hold guys, then hold him. There are so many different context things around this, but, 
I do think that eventually he is going to get more minutes, but it's not just that Monty is benching. He's playing worse. That is, but yeah, yeah. there's all confidence things yeah. to do with that. It is very context dependent. If you're in 10 teamers, don't worry about it. Just, like, just drop him. It's totally okay. If you're in a 12 team league, it, the debate gets a little bit more uh, nuanced around your individual team. But I, I don't, I don't think it's going to kill you if you do drop him. But like you said, having a little bit more patience is something that we do tend to do, I guess, in this community. And that would be how I would lean, but it's definitely not set in stone. No. Um, yeah, as you said, depends on your, your where you are in the standings, uh, depends on your team. Um, I don't think he's... He, as you said, he was top 40 at, at one point. Um, I'm not sure those rebounds are real. He was, he was at 10, 11 rebounds for a while. I don't think that's who he is, but um, so I don't think, as you said, if you drop him, I don't think he's going to come out all of a sudden and be a top 40 or top 30 player again. I think he's more top, more top 80, top 90. Look, here's a great example here from Beardlong. He says, I dropped a Safa Ogenanobi. So obviously your league is incredibly shallow and a lot of people aren't switched on, right? So you make that move every day of the week. Like, but if you're yeah. dropping him to try and stream in Oma Yurtseven, probably wouldn't do it, right? Or like, let's get one game out of Simone Fontecchio on a 13-game Friday. I wouldn't do that. If I'm talking about dropping him and Kobe White's available, yeah, then of course I would do it. Mm-hmm. Would, I, would I drop him for Patrick Williams? Yeah, I, I might do it considering one's role is significantly higher, even mm-hmm. though... Asar's going to probably be better later on. Like that's, it's all going to be de- uh, context dependent. So I think that's really important with any sort of question that we are um, that we are talking about. And that does take us into a question about uh, Pat Williams. Do I think he's going to be consistently good? No, I don't. I don't think he's going to be consistently good. This is year four of him not being consistent. In fact, being inconsistently not good. And yeah, there will be some better games. And he had two steals and two blocks yesterday. But he started the game out with like six minutes and no stats, and then didn't play barely at all in the first half. He's got an opportunity, and that's all we're really looking for. And we know we can generate defensive stats, and we know this team is dreadful. We know they're going to blow stuff up at some point, we think. So I do think that you should have Patrick Williams, but if you are adding Patrick Williams or saying, well, let's wait for him to become consistently good, you're going to be waiting a long time. Yeah, we've been waiting for for years, as you said. Um, Levine being out helps. I think there's a little bit more to go around. Um, So, yeah, look, if he's floating there and, and you've got, as you said, if you've got a czar, maybe you consider it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I had him to start the season and, and dropped oh, him, and oh, I same. haven't regretted it. No, so. but I, look, I've added him back. I added him back like a yeah. week and a half ago, and I'm just going to see what's going on here. Again, so much of fantasy is trying to get ahead of what's going on, and sometimes you don't get that right, right? So, yeah, we got ahead of adding Keontae George, and he's wavering at the moment, and I'm not going to last on that forever. I mm. yeah, looked to see if Scoot was available. It's sort of trending up. I think he played like... 14 minutes in a row to end the last game. Still wasn't great, but it is sort of trending up. And you know, that's we just want to get ahead of stuff. And then you can make moves later on and, and, and drop and all that sort of stuff uh, as we come through it later on. This is an interesting question. BSN highlights. I know my answer to this, but let's just turn this drop Chris Paul question because it is actually BSN highlights. In, literally impossible for anybody to answer this with zero context because what are you going to do? Drop him and leave an open roster spot? No, of course you're not. But let's just, just translate your question, which... Yeah, he's not he's not a good one, but into a, just a general Chris Paul discussion. Where are you at with him, Kingy? Uh, I if it's just as simple as do I drop him? Don't I drop him? As you, again, depends who you're picking up. Uh, he's I wouldn't drop him. I'd hold him um, at the moment. I just think that what he does, getting six, seven, eight assists, maybe a steal. Um, steal and a half, 
off the waivers is pretty hard. So I still think he's doing enough to be to be rostered. If you don't, if you've got other guards, if you've got Trey Young and um, and a couple other guys that are giving you eight, ten assists, sure, go and drop him. But um, I'm tr- I'm not in in most situations. I I am not, but I'm not ruling it out. Right? We yeah. this is again we talk trends, we talk patterns, we talk where it's going. It's going the wrong direction. And it was his first game back from injury. He wasn't out for weeks. He missed two games. Right? So it wasn't a long term thing that he needed to work back. And we have seen a very stark difference with Chris Paul. Whether he starts or comes off the bench, it is very very different. His minutes change, his role changes, his usage changes, his shooting changes. And if he's going to continue to coming off the bench and we get him playing 25 minutes a night, that is not worth holding. But I don't know that yet. So I just need to wait and see on this. So he's there. He's teetering. He's in the zone. He's in the like, mm, what are we going to do with this guy's mm-hmm. zone? But we're not there yet. So let's just hold on it. Let's just wait. But it is trending in the wrong way. And I did tweet this out last night when most of America was asleep. There are going to be significant changes coming to three teams lineup soon, I think. Detroit's going to mix things up again. I know this. The Jazz are going to make some big changes. I'm, I'm fairly certain of this. And the mm-hmm. Warriors are going to do something. I don't know whether the Warriors are going to bench Wiggins or bench Clay, but they are going to be more adept or more um, open to reducing their minutes and getting the players who are actually playing well. Moses Moody. Um, Moody, yeah. Kaminga was great yesterday. A little bit more Pajemski. They're going to get those guys into the lineups more. The Jazz are going to start to find minutes for guys like Taylor Hendricks because you know, Kelly Olynyk and John Collins are not the answer. They're going to start to do things differently on these teams. And Detroit, again, will eventually, I think, swing back to Assad. They'll give more minutes to Ivy. These things are going. I don't know when they're going to happen, but these changes are going to come. So just be be on the lookout for that. Um, yeah, to, to give an example, like in both of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Bowls, deeper rosters, I went and added Taylor Hendricks last night. Just I can sit him on my bench, and I'm just going to see where this goes. Right, I just think that something is about to break in Utah, and even if he gets 17 minutes, that's fine, but I do think he's going to be a March... League win is a nonsense term, but a guy that actually has an impact when we get through to March. So we'll uh, we'll get to that. Uh, well, that that's just, it's just something that I think we need to watch. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It's also the easiest and the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It is just you against the numbers. That is it. They put up a player projection and you say more or less, nothing more, nothing else. That's all you need to do. And between two to six of those, and you can win up to 25 times your money back. So easy to do. They've also got some, uh, you can play against some of the prize picks favorite players like Meek Mill and Andrew Schiltz. Yes, you can now find community plays under the promo tab on the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the prize picks community as well. So go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. That is prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA. The code is LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. PrizePix is daily fantasy sports made easy. Just quickly on this, Marcus, is Jordan Poole your biggest L to date? I don't care. I care. I think this is thing. I don't, I don't know why there is such a an apology. What's your biggest L porn fetish out there from people? I don't care if it's a. I don't know that it's an L. It's been bad so far. We have seventy five percent of the season to go, but I can't just dwell on a decision that the process I think was correct for. And it, who cares if it's the worst one? It, maybe it is. I, I, actually, I actually don't. I actually don't care what my biggest W was or anything. It just that stuff just doesn't. It's, we should need to look at what's actually happening with reflection on the past, but look forward to what we can do next versus like, man, yeah, you're really shit there. Yeah, I was, man. I was, uh, yeah, that was shit, man. Sorry. I am actually the worst and I suck. So there you go. 
Um, but I don't understand that. Like this goes for anybody. It's not just about me or you, King, or anybody. But like, look forward. How do you fix it? What do you do next? What's your next move? Not like, oh, that was a bad move. I guess I'm fucked. Nah, just do something different. Let's figure out how we move on from it and still look at like, is there signs that this can change? And I do think there are some signs with Paul that maybe it does change. But obviously, it's been bad. But does it matter if it was the worst one? I don't think so. But maybe maybe I'm just wrong. No, look, Paul was better yesterday. Um, yeah, slightly. So. Yeah, no, look, it, yeah, look, we were, we were, in hindsight, yes, we probably were a little bit wrong. Um, but as you said, the process was correct. We no, look, based on very wrong. Look, so far, it's been very wrong. Look, very, yeah. Obviously, right? But, yeah. Oh, well. Like, yeah, well, yeah, that, I don't care. That, that, that's fine. We, we, we move forward and we, we try and just work out the next things on the margins. Timmy says, Sohan looks lethargic most nice. Did the Spurs ever turn it around or are they out tanking everyone but Monty Williams? And I think there is, this is an interesting, this it does bring us again, Timmy, thank you for bringing up a change in the Spurs lineup. This idea that it's very easy to give a surface level analysis on this when I was talking about the Spurs lineup and someone said, well, Josh, the reason they're doing it is tanking. No, no, it's not. They're, they're, they're actually bad. Like they're not actively tanking. If you're tanking, you wouldn't play Devin Vassell 33 minutes or Keldon Johnson or Victor Webanyama. You wouldn't do these things. You'd be playing Charles Bediaco. Like, Yes, it's weird, these lineup decisions and what they're doing, all that stuff. But people act like Trey Jones is Chris Paul. Oh, man, if they just wanted to win, they'd just play Trey Jones. Like, have you seen Trey Jones? Like, he's shooting 24% yeah. from the field, I think. Maybe it's 33 and like 18 from three. He is not that good. He is not the answer. They are not holding Trey Jones back so they can lose games deliberately to maybe get a top five pick um, and draft Ron Holland. That's not what's happening. They are just bad. Their team is bad. Their coaching is not at the highest level. Some of their front office decisions has not been great. All of that stuff is true. This is Tanking is a very, very different thing that we will see later on. Now, some of the things the Wizards have done with some of their lineup decisions, that is more tanking. Like sitting guys like Jordan Poole and Tyus Jones and keeping them at 23 minutes so that you can play Johnny Davis. Well, even that's not even tanking. That's more development. But that is more tanking than what the Spurs are doing. The Spurs are just bad. And I think that that is what we need to realize that the first two-thirds, 75% of the NBA season, most teams aren't out here deliberately doing things sabotaging. Sometimes they'll sacrifice a win to improve development, but that's that's not a general rule that I, I think, anyway, from looking at this, they, they're just... Teams are going to be bad. I think people sometimes want every team to be good, but if teams are going to be good, that means teams have to be bad, and the Spurs are one of those. But what do you yeah, make? What do you yeah. make of the change? Let's just turn that back to fancy. What do you make of Chetty yeah. Osman moving into the starting lineup? You doing anything with Chetty Osman now? What are you doing with Sohan? Uh, no, look, I didn't. I I didn't do anything with uh, with Osman. I mean, we've got a pretty big sample size of him mm. not really being a twelve team guy, even when he plays starters minutes. So I'd need to see a a sort of a sustained period of him putting up numbers. Uh, yeah, look, Sohan was was bad uh, last night. I'm not dropping him yet because we don't know if this is going to stick. We don't know if this was a one-game thing. Um, so I'm holding him. It was interesting that they technically, I suppose, started Vassell at point guard. I, I mean, one of the things just that, if you look at their lineup. One of the things I talked about in the off-season with the Spurs and Vassell is I looked at Vassell's pick-and-roll ball handling um, rate and his success and how much it changed from year two, year two to year three. This is before we really even thought about the Sohan starting at point guard thing. Well, this is really interesting. There's a real breakout potential here with Vassell if they're going to be running him as this pseudo point guard ball handling mm. guard. And then it didn't really happen. So I'm not... It seems like a bit of a surprise, but they they did this a lot last season. He ran, like I think it was almost double or two and a half times the amount of pick and rolls and was one of the most successful pick and roll operators in the NBA last season. So 
he's got he's probably got more potential to be a point guard than what Sohan has. So it'll be very interesting to see. It's more just like why start Osman instead of Champagne or Branham or Sidi yeah. Sissoko, who obviously is not good at the moment. But the the Osman one is a is a, a strange decision. But I, I think that Sohan's a pretty clear drop. I'm not adding Osman outside of deeper formats. There's still weird stuff that's going to go on with that team for sure. Got no question. Um, Derek Wong. Who is the best ad out of Malik Monk, Gordon Hayward, Brandon Miller, Scoot Henderson? In what order I can add to? Well, first of all, why is your league so shallow? And why why, are, why is everyone fingering their asses instead of picking up players? Because that is a ludicrous amount of guys who are on the waiver wire. Every one of those guys, like Monk, Hayward, and Miller, are guaranteed must-roster players. Scoot is fine as a luxury stash, but if your league is this asleep at the wheel, you don't need to bother with Scoot. I would be taking Hayward, and I would be taking probably Miller, I think, out of that group. How would you look of those four, Kingy? Uh, I mean, currently, maybe I'd have Monk at the top of the list. I mean, he's playing big minutes, he's closing games, he's hitting his shots, but he does do this where he goes through periods of, of being efficient and then he won't be efficient. Um, yeah, look, Scoot's probably at the bottom of that list now, but could move to the top of the list in two months. Um, Miller has looked all right. Haywood's been up and down. So, I mean, I'd roster them all in a 12-team league. So, as you said, I don't know why they're available. I'd like to be in that league. Yeah, I feel like uh, that league's got a lot of uh, a lot of teams rostering guys like Isaiah Stewart and uh, Russell Westbrook is, would be my guess if those guys yeah. are all sitting uh, available on the waiver wire. But, yeah, yeah. look, to me, look, just – Again, just follow the minutes. Like Miller played 37 last game. Haywood played 34. Yeah. Monk is playing more, but he's playing 28 a game. And yeah. there's, and there's a lot of fluctuations with a guy who can come who comes off the bench. So yeah, look. But I, I think you're, you're in a pretty safe spot if they're your ability. You're, they're the guys that you're looking at that you can add or stream. So that's uh, where we can get to. Um, you, you got a little bit of value in that. All right, Vince. This is a good question. I like it. I know my answer very clearly. Which Thompson? I assume you don't include Clay in this group. Which Thompson will have a better career or is the franchise player to build around, a men or a Sar? It is to me, it is it is clear, but I'd like to hear your opinion first, King. Uh I still think a men is the better of the two. Um based on like I'm not a big college person, but but I follow along with like you guys that that talk about coming into the season, having a look at how their game is going to translate, all that sort of stuff. Um, I go back and watch highlights and uh, look at stats, that sort of thing. So for me, it's still a men. Um, I think he's going to end up being the better of the two. Um, I don't know if you feel the same still. I know you were higher on him earlier in the season. Uh, I just He's been injured. Um, he's playing on a Rockets team that are pretty good. So I just don't think the role is there for him yet. It's it's a men for me. Like I I'm not wavering on my decision. Like I heard something I don't know when it was yesterday or the day before, and or I read something I don't remember what it was, but it was talking about like, hey, what if we redid the draft now, right, for the 2023 draft, right? And so okay, seems silly. We're 20 games in, but whatever. And it's like okay, so Wemby goes one, yeah, Brandon Miller goes at two, we take Asar at three, you know, Jaime Huckers goes at four. Like all you're doing is the guys who are performing right now, which is just not what a draft mm. is about. That is insanity to me. Oh yeah, probably wouldn't have Scoot in the top four. Like what are we doing? Like it's 20 games into a man's career. Like Amen Thompson, okay, he hasn't played. Like you are just looking at who has given the most value in a 15 game sample size in the NBA, which is a a ridiculous way to view a rookie class. So I'm not really changing my assessment. Is Scooter bust? I've got no idea. Do I Have I changed my opinion on him? 2%, right? Have I improved my opinion on Brandon Miller? Yep, 2%. That's a small right. amount. Have I changed my opinion on Amen Thompson because he's played four games? No. 
Like, I'm st- have I changed my opinion on Taylor Hendricks? No, because I just haven't seen anything on this stuff. So while it is great to see these little flashes from players, we are so far away from anything resembling a decent mm-hmm. enough sample size to make judgments. Like, I will do a redraft of this draft at the end of this season with the caveat of, like, I'm barely going to change the value of these guys because I'm, you know, I'm going to make small changes, but not significant ones. It's only when you get some, like, wild when we go, I didn't think this guy was drafted when he ends up starting 50 games. And you go, all right, well, I guess I'm wrong on that. But I think that I'm not going to make... And this is really not really Vince's question. It is a men to be. Like, I had a men higher. I still have a men mm-hmm. higher. Asara is good, but I think I had Asara at four or five in my draft, and I not really going to change that. And I still think a man is going to be better, but we just haven't seen him. So there's a lot of people who are just quick to say, well, Asar's better, Asar's here, blah, blah, blah. but we just haven't seen a man yet. So I, I don't think we... It's like This also brings me back to when I did like dynasty rankings of players from the last three drafts in the offseason. I had Chet at number two. There's no way you can have him there, man. He's never played in the NBA. You can't have him that high. Yeah, well, this is why that I had him this high. like Because you can't just see what has happened in 10 games and go, well, that's it. We're all decided and nothing yeah. will change and nothing else nothing else will develop. That is a, uh, a very quick way to uh, w- failure, I guess, would be the way to put it. Today's episode is also brought to you by Jace Medical. There are a lot of supply chain issues across the world with many different products, but medication's one of them. In some cases, it's, it could be a life-threatening situation. You know, if you've got stuff for your family, your kids, and you have to go to a pharmacy, sometimes you'll be there and they're like, man, dear. Sorry, your antibiotics are out of stock. We can't really get them anywhere. Well, that's that's a problem, right? Jace Medical in the Jace case helps in these situations, emergency situations, by providing five life-saving antibiotics that you can have at home that helps to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory tract infections, sinusitis, skin infections, among others. And this stuff can happen to any of us and all of us. Now, we don't th- antibiotics don't be overused. We can't be overusing them. That's a bad, bad thing. But having them in the right scenario and using them by talking to their board-certified physicians, which is what happens with Jace Medical, is something that is required in emergency scenarios. And that's exactly what this is. You don't want to be stuck without something that you need in this scenario. You're breaking through these supply chain issues. So go to jacemedical.com and check out all of the options there for the Jace case. That is J-A-S-E medical.com and use the code locked on to get $20 off your order. Okay, this is a question again, October's very own, that I'm going to use as a sort of specific question, but a broader question. He says, are Zach Collins or Ben Simmons, I don't know what, I guess you're going to say drops, um, in 12, 10 points, they're my worst two players. We're going to turn this, spin this into a question on Ben Simmons here, Kingy. What what, what are we doing with, with Simmons at the moment? I'm dropping him. Mm-hmm. I Yeah, I think I drafted him somewhere, one team, maybe two, and, and I dropped him. Um yeah, we we don't we haven't really had any word specific uh, other than he had that epidural what last week or something like that. Yeah, so th- yeah, three or four days ago, I think. Yeah, so um, yeah, I'm I'm just dropping him on. It's it's unfortunate because I was pretty high on him this season, and and I'll and I and I thought he was playing well to start the season. He, he was he was, he was doing not not much removed from what we thought he would do. I think yeah. is is was he great? Was he back to old levels? No. But was he better than what we'd seen? Yeah, and he was sort of doing what you want. But this is also a great illustration, I think, Kingy, is that like 
we talk about this all the time and it gets glossed over a little bit, especially when we start the season. But when you're drafting, once we start hitting 70, 80, 90, so much stuff can go wrong and it doesn't take hardly anything to flip a guy from 90th to 180th to sure. 50th and you end up dropping your worst three players, your worst five players. Things change so, so quickly. So once you get to those zones, if you took Ben Simmons at 80, was it an L? Sure. Like at the moment, he's been, he was, he was up to that level, but now he's hurt. And sure. did you miss on someone later on that you could have picked? Sure, absolutely. But these are the expectations when you get to this area, when you're in round seven, round eight. It's going to be like, I don't even know the exact hit rate, but it's going to be like 50% probably on these guys actually being useful and the value that they bring. So when you're like, it's not like you took him like you took Jordan Poole, my biggest L to date. If you didn't like you take him in round four, like if you took him in round eight or round nine or round 11, like whatever, you just move on from these guys. And that is more of the idea that we have. Again, the later you push in, it's just, we're taking swings. Sometimes they'll hit, sometimes they won't. The ones that hit are great. But we, the reason we don't know that they're going to hit or they're going to fail is why they're available in that portion of the draft. So he is, um, yeah, I do agree that he is a drop. Dylan Bass asked an interesting question, and I highlight this one because I saw someone else answer it and answer it in a different way to me. Let's, so let's see how you answer this one, Kingy. Dylan Bass says, JJJ, which I'm going to assume is the proper JJJ in Jaron Jackson, mm-hmm. or Jaron Jackson or Kyle Kuzma in a 12-team points league. Uh, points league, I might go Kuzma. Hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, JJJ, he, look, he, he's been a little bit better the last week, uh, but I just think in a points format, he's not, like we saw last season, he was whatever he was, top 15, but it was all on blocks, and blocks aren't a points category. Like, I mean, they contribute, but they're not. Um, these guys like Walker Kessler, like, Jaron Jackson, they 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 have nowhere near as much value in a points league. So, I'd probably go Kuzma. I think he's going to score. He's going to get rebounds. He's getting assists for some reason. Um, so, yeah, I'd probably go Kuzma. I think. I I looked at this question and honestly. I didn't see the points at first, and I thought you know, it's very easily Kuzma. But, but now I look at it, and I saw that someone else did answer this Kuzma. It's it's Kuzma, but also Dylan. You have the answer in front of you. Like you've you've got the answer. You know what these players are averaging in your league, and I'm going to guess there's a sizable difference between what Kuzma's doing and what Jaron's doing. You've got the answer. It's it's right there for you. And I'm pretty sure that I had Kuzma projected top 40 in points leagues before the season, and Jaron at like 44 or something. Anyway, so that doesn't really change my opinion. Category leagues, it is very different. But this that changes that discussion quite a bit. In a category league, I much prefer Jaron over over Kuzma. But um, in a points league, again. The answer's there. Like you, you've you've got the answers there in front of you. Um, all right. What else have we got here that we can go to? Uh, okay. So again, I'm going to use this question as a jumping-off point because William, I'm sorry, it is a little silly. Is Cam Thomas a drop? No. What are we talking about? It's one game. He might become a drop, but please, I beg everybody, have a skerrick of patience, an ounce of patience, a crumb of patience. He was shit house yesterday. He was really, really bad. Right, and he is a guy who's going to have his production vary quite a bit because of the rate of contested long twos that he takes and his um, re- low ability to contribute in other categories. But please, like, just have a little bit of patience. But what what do you see with Thomas? Like, do you think they're going to keep starting him? Um, how are they going to distribute those shots? Because Bridges' usage has gone up lately. Where are you seeing that whole Cam Thomas situation? Um, yeah, look, I'm probably. St- still on the fence a little bit uh ben simmons plays into that discussion i think whether if and when he comes back that Mm. will impact thomas um because we saw thomas coming off the bench earlier in the season uh i don't have thomas anywhere so i'm not invested in him 
Um, and yeah, I mean, it's clearly not a drop. And he he'd been really good this season. Uh, he, we saw whatever it was that stretch last season where he had forty points in four games in a row or something. Um, I'm not sure what they're going to do. They they are playing a bit better now that they're relative relatively healthy and. Even if Simmons was to come back, maybe they they would leave Thomas in the starting lineup because they're winning. So, yeah, look, I'm still not convinced on Cam Thomas as a a long term sort of oh, neither am I fantasy start or anything like that. Um, I just think he's in a good situation at the moment where he can probably take more shots than he needs to. Um, so, but for this season, I think he'll be a whole rest of season. Jim Bernstein says he's exactly in a drop if your playoffs start January 8th. That's the FBI LFB World Cup. He's got no IR slot available. Levine's probably not going to be back until then. So, like, yes, I yep. guess if you don't have that position available, that's the, the decision with the FBI World Cup is that, like, if he's not back, what are you going to do? Like, hold him for the playoffs where you might not make it? I don't think that's worth it. Do you, Kingy? No, it's tough. If if you're again context, if you're if you're top of the standings and you're <clears throat> pretty comfortable and you can cover what what he does, then maybe. But I mean, yeah, we we uh, this injury is obviously something that that sort of came out of nowhere. Then it was a week. Now it's three to four weeks. They're looking at trading him. That that's still buzzing around that rumor. So does he even play for the Bulls again? We don't know. Mm. Um, so yeah, look, I think if you need production now, um, then someone's probably going to pick him up, uh, someone who is top of the standings and can put him into an IR spot. Um, but yeah, I'm okay with dropping him because he's not going to be back till January. Rebel Enterprises CCTV, another question that I think it's important to chuck up because the actual individual answer is not that important here. Yeah. He says with KD owners, with KD, a number one, this is, this doesn't just have to apply to Kevin Durant people. With Kevin Durant out, because <laughs> let me I'll rephrase this: if Kevin Durant's out, the the only it's not that the people who have Kevin Durant are the only guys who can add someone off the wire who replaces him. Anyone can actually do that. With Kevin Durant out and he's out on Friday, who starts in his place? I'm almost certain it's going to be Kate Bates Diop. Like I've got no question about it. It will be Bates Diop who starts in his place. Who should we pick up? Absolutely no one. You're in a 12-team league. It's Friday. There's 13 games on. You don't add anyone. Like, what are you going to do? Add Bates Diop to sit on your bench? Is Durant out long-term? Unless something has dropped in the last 20 minutes that I haven't seen. No, he's not. So, look, context is really important here with everything. Durant is out. Not good. He rolled his ankle the other day, played through it. He's out on Friday. He's got an extended rest now, playing through from Tuesday through to, I think, next Monday or Tuesday, a week off. We can rest it. Um, Bates Diop will start, but it it doesn't matter in this scenario. Um, you know, Grayson Allen's out on Friday as well here. They're going to have a bunch of interesting things, but there's 13 games on. So do you want to drop someone who's good on your team to get maybe a one-game stream for a bloke who sits on your bench? I would say absolutely not. Yeah, no, you, you're basically going to have a full lineup on Friday. Um, so it doesn't matter. If he's out beyond that, As you, look, if this is a two-week, three-week injury, um yeah, look, maybe Bates Diop becomes a stream kind of guy, but um, yeah, for the, in terms of this Friday, I'm not doing anything. Um, yeah, look, it's it's just, look unless you're talking about a guy that you might be able to add in on Friday, who's going to be a clear top seventy start. Like if we get news that all uh, the Bam Adebayo's out for two weeks, like I will add Orlando Robinson and I will start him on a thirteen game Friday. I've got I don't have any questions about that. But like a one game stream of Kater Bates Diop, he might have eight points. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not going to bother with anything, um, with anything like that. Steve, I've seen you ask this question a lot, but I think we've already talked about the Asar thing. So just go back to the start of the show, um, Victor. I get this question 
a lot in the middle of the season, and I don't know what sort of leagues you guys are running. What's the ideal fantasy playoff schedule to avoid late season madness? Why we decide you decide this now? You cannot change this shit now. If you're in a league, bad luck. If you screwed it up, I don't know. I said it fifty thousand times. I would say in the preseason about when to end the league. March twenty fourth is when you end the league, um, but you cannot change it now unless every single person in your league unanimously agrees to change your end of season date. You cannot change it now. I'm, I'm so, you just can't. You, you, you can't do it. Like we're ten, seven weeks into the season. You can't just say, by the way, guys, playoffs a different date now. You can't do it. Kingy, disagree? No. Agree? Yeah, no, agree. No, you can't change it once you've started. Um, one of my big leagues we're trialling this year, which is a little bit like the World Cup, is that we're uh, we're doing a redraft. So we're playing everyone plays. Every, it's a sixteen team league, so everyone plays everyone once. Then we do a bit uh, of a redraft. Um, <clears throat> For that, for the and the, the we split into two pools: top eight, bottom eight. Bottom eight play for the number one draft pick. Top eight play for the championship. Um, so you have two two separate leagues then running with a redraft, just to see. Like as as we know, things are going to change in February, so the draft will be different. You can maybe you're drafting someone who went at pick eighty, and all of a sudden they're a top fifty player. So. Um, we're trialing that, but yeah, in terms of now, you can't change it. No, you can't. And uh, Kingy, that'll uh, that'll bring us to the end of the show. So thank you for coming on again and uh, getting up early to answer all of the questions and chat things going on in the fantasy landscape. Tell people what uh, what you got cracking at the moment. Uh, yep, so you can find all of our stuff at uh, fbibasketball.com. Go over to our YouTube channel. Uh, we've got our regular shows going on, uh, weekly shows, um, my new sort of thing that I'm trialing, which is the Sunday, well, Sunday my time, Saturday night in-game show where uh, this week I think I've got Dan Palio on uh, and we're just talking about the games that are happening. Uh, that's about it's about 8 p.m. No, it's 9 p.m. I think this week, uh, Saturday night. Uh, but regular stuff uh, going on. Are you, Adam King. What are you, what are you doing? You're doing this, there's no games on. What are you doing on Saturday? You're just doing for the yeah, in-season there's only tournament. The, the in-season the tournament final. Yeah. So we're just, we'll talk about that game, but we'll just take questions and we'll, because I want to do it every week. I don't want to sort of just say, well, we're not going to do it this week. So um, yeah, there won't be a lot of in-game stuff this week because there's only one game, but uh, we can talk about all the games from Friday night as well. Absolutely. Go and, uh, and follow Kingy and thanks guys for being a part of the show. Kingy, I'll see you later and I'll go wrap up uh, this show. Um, guys, follow this show, but here on YouTube, you know it's important. We hit the sub button, we hit the thumbs up, we hit the notification bell and we're in Operation 70K at the moment. So go and knock that out for me if you can. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Enjoy the in-season tournament semifinals. Game starting an hour and a half. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.